Welcome to another episode of Nigeria Daily. My name is Martia Umar. Thank you so much for joining. It's exactly eight years since the mass abduction of schoolgirls in Chibok Town, which brought the ones of secure Borno State community to global attention. On the night of that day, April the 14th, 2014, Boko Haram terrorists invaded the government girls' secondary school, Chibok, and abducted a total of 276 schoolgirls from their dormitory. Eight years down the line, more than 100 girls are still in captivity. What is the fate of these girls in captivity and what is happening in the government girls' secondary school, Chibok, at the moment? Daily Trust reporter in Bernou State, Olatunji Omiri, tells us more. When the story came out, people did not actually believe that the large number of um, schoolgirls uh, could be forcefully taken away by the uh, suspected to be Boko Haram insurgents. But after some weeks, the Boko Haram insurgent, they show a kind of send a video which went on viral where everyone saw their faces. And um, it was then that the state government and the school authority and uh, the federal government a kind of said the number of the people that was in school that very day was 276. But out of the 276, some escaped along their way to Sambisa Forest. Mm. And then, but as we speak today, more than 100 Chibogas hmm. are still missing. What do you think is the fate of these girls in captivity right now? Yes, um, with my first experience on um, this beach, hmm. we've spoken to several mediators. Some of them said 2016 that they don't want to come back, they don't want to return. Okay. Some of them prefer to stay because some of them have been married off, so they don't want to come back. And recently, about uh, two months ago, three of them were among the surrender Boko Haram are insurgents. So we are still a kind of, um, I think a good number of them are still coming back. We have more than 100, I think around 108 or 109. Mm-hmm. Even some of them that were returned the other time, some of them had babies. You, you could imagine for somebody to stay with some people, no matter how hardy your heart is, mm-hmm. not just one day, not just one week, not one month, but one good year to seven years, eight years, mm-hmm. they will have changed their mind and you could remember that when they were taken away they were just teenagers they were aged between age 14 15 16 and 18 mm-hmm. and sometimes around 2016 or 2017 that the uh, military air bombardment are uh, killed allegedly killed some of them mm. because we could not ascertain but allegedly kill some of them so we cannot say maybe the one more than 100 of them are still alive but relatively some of them are still alive we believe well, that. okay so the the Chibok secondary school this uh, government secondary school where this abduction took place is it still in existence what's happening in that school right now yes i was there sometimes ago but um last year hmm. The school, uh, the, the state government in collaborations with uh, the federal government, the school was reopened after about six or seven years well, last year. Yeah. Towards last year, and the, the school was reopened. So yeah, as we speak now, there are students there. Yeah. Hmm. There are students. That was Daily Trust reporter in Bernou State, Olatunji Omiri.
What then is the fate of the girls in captivity? We spoke to a parent who still has a child in captivity and a father whose child was released. We also spoke to the spokesperson of the community, and this is what they had to say. My name is Rachel Daniel. I am one of the Chibok girls' parents that were taken from school. This is eight years after they were abducted. Right now, we do not have peace of mind at all. Our houses are no more available. We are the ones looking after our children. My husband was killed. They took our daughter. This is eight years ago. Half of the girls were released, but the other half of our children are not released. We are calling on the government to look into this. We the Chibok women that our children are taking, what did we do to the government? We know the government has tried, but every state they took children, they are being released. But they released half for us and left the other half with them. The other half that are still in captivity are left in anguish and in pains. It is only God that can help us. In all this, we believe and rely on God. We know everything is from God. Everything you leave in God's hands will come to an end. But today, we see our relations or neighbor's children released, and our own children are still not released. While we are in pains, how will you feel? Every time you see them, your pains increase. It's not like the government are not trying. It has tried. We are saying they should do more. We are also calling on those that took our children to captivity. They should help us for the sake of God and for this month of Ramadan to release the remaining of our children that are with them. My daughter is in a captivity since 2014, but I thank God that my, my daughter is out two years old. If you could remember, the first set, uh, the first two set who came out, mm. and if you could watch the screen on the day that they are out, the one that her hand is broken, that one uh, was my daughter. Okay. The time that they are about to release them, they broke her hand. Mm-mm. Okay, so what did she tell you? How is she feeling now? Uh, she is better. The, the time that uh, they brought them, they took them to Abuja. From there, they went uh, to hospital with her. So they are uh, banned or whatever you call. So the wound is still. And last year, we, I went to Yola at their school. Now it's at AU and Yola. So, so how are people around you, those that their children are still there, how are they feeling? What are they saying? Well, they are still disturbed. Even now, we are the same. Now, uh, that I'm talking to, we are the same as you, Chibok. At the, at the area, at the school that uh, they have been abducted or jailed, we pray there this morning. Crime bitterly, they never eat very well. And uh, this government, presently, sometimes they never give a proper heat to see that they rescue this girl. This girl is seeing that. And most of the people are telling us that most of these girls, they are within Medu, they are inside Medu, they are not even at them. And we don't know how true this is, uh, how true it is. And we are expecting you as a newsman to continue to publish that our uh, tell yes. government that... Uh, yes, we, that's what, we that's what we're doing, sir. From the one we've been calling for prompt action immediately after Chibok was attacked. Hmm. But the response from the former government and this government has been with lackadaisical attitude hmm. towards whatever citizens are saying. Young girls went to school been five years and their parents were paying for school fees in a school that didn't have substandard education. And they reached a stage where they were writing their final high school exam. Some were even done. Then an attack came upon them and they were taken away. And we've been calling for action from immediately after the attack. But all it was Mr. A blaming Mr. B, government A blaming government B. So nobody wants to take full responsibility of what happened in Chibok.
Even when the factual finding committee was set up, we asked for, okay, let us know the truth, what happened. Let people face consequences for their actions. Whose negligence led to the abduction? Nothing happened to anyone. And we started counting years after years, and, and, and today we are at the eighth year. We are commemorating the eighth year of the abduction of the Chibok girls. Some parents waited for their daughters for the, for the past eight years. They couldn't continue any longer. Some of them died. So uh, the response is nothing to write home about. Yes, they were rescued after series of denials that the girls were not coming back. They were married of walking along with the narratives of the terror. Then a, a, a lady escaped after two years. Then there was a proof of life video. And we, we, we that were saying bring back our guests and the community that were saying we keep hope alive that these guests should come back one day. We, we, our hope was rekindled and we waited. 2017, there was a rescue of, of, uh, uh, of 82 and 21 of, of the Chibok girls. So if we could get that large number, whether through just negotiation or through combination of military action and negotiation or whatever, at least we got good number of them back, which means it is doable. So we wanted the government to accept the fact that yes, with promptness, with engagement, you know, if something is beyond them, what we are asking is, why can't you engage the members of the international community, the civil society network, and any other government that is ready to assist Nigeria, as we've seen in the two approaches that led to the rescue of over hundreds of them. That was the call. So, but if government will keep quiet, saying nothing to the parents, saying nothing to Nigeria, say answering no question, whatever, uh, whatsoever, and then they will wait until when it is commemoration day for them to issue statements promising rescue, promising that they are doing all they are, uh, all that is needed for them to get the two girls back. It is not right. And that was Mr. Manasse Ali first the voices of parents of the Chibok schoolgirls. We'll go on a break, but we will be right back. Do stay with us. It's enlightening. It's incisive. It's analytical. It's entertaining. It's educating. It's The Bearing, a podcast from Daily Trust addressing issues that have direct bearing in your life. Join us every week on www.dailytrust.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash daily trust. On Twitter at twitter.com forward slash daily trust. And on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash daily trust. To listen in, join us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. Welcome back to the show. This is Nigeria Daily coming to you from Daily Trust. You can listen to or download this particular episode or other episodes on Sprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio and Spotify by searching for Nigeria Daily. You can also listen in on NAS FM 89.9 Yola and on Unity FM 93.3 in Charles. In this episode of the show, we're discussing the abduction of the Chibok girls, which happened exactly eight years ago. After Chibok abductions, according to Amnesty International, at least 1,500 students have been abducted in Nigeria in the past eight years. How safe are our schools? Lilian Ogazi speaks with a security analyst. My name is Dr. Uza Geto, security intelligence and investigation expert, consultant on criminal and criminality in um, West African forests and uh, Asian forests. Well, that could have been when you have um, a serious government, when you have a competent government, 
when you have a government that uh, really know and understand its left and right, uh, that will have happened only when you have a committed government that you believe that part of the cardinal principle as enshrined in the constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria is part of its responsibility to provide security for life and property. Uh, but uh, the government in power, uh, that is the Buhari administration, uh, is not really competent. It has ex- exhibited its uh, incapability, incompetency, and a lack of uh, political and administrative will in order to deal with the security situation and security challenges that uh, the nation's schools are facing. Uh, because that People have led the, the government to have learned a lesson, especially even afterwards what happened at Jengebe, Kangara, and other schools where uh, children were kidnapped, especially that of um, uh, uh, pupils under eight years, uh, seven years, 12 years, 10 years, were kidnapped in an Islamic school that uh, stayed for over 80 days in the hand of kidnappers. Well, a government could have learned to, one, conduct a root cause analysis that will identify and track the hideouts and um, all the who have a linkage. Uh, with uh, these criminals and to gun them down and deal with them decisively and finish them up so that uh, there will have been a story uh, to tell. That is one. Two, a root cause analysis could have been experts like me and others could have been used together in collaboration and partnership with other local and international security, especially the bilateral uh, security operatives. I wrestle to all the states that are neighboring Nigerian, Nigerian state, uh, sovereign state, uh, could have sat down to have come up with strategic action plan for how to bring an end of all these type of different types of criminality, that of Boko Haram, that of Iswab, that of Ansaru, that of uh, kidnappers, that of bandits, and so on and so forth. And um, three, uh, government could have find a way of dealing with corruption, especially in the cycle of the security. Why? Because uh, corruption is really playing a great role in inability of the government to manage security uh, situation, uh, simply because um, if at all a government have done something Uh, This could have been a story to tell and then could have checked Uh, a lot of allegations we made. The National Security Advisor had made mention that huge amount of money had been carved out and released to the security agencies and that he has been supervising in the last seven years for them to purchase um, soft and hardware. But fortunately, he said that he didn't see the arms and he didn't know what really happened to the money. Time, the Minister of Finance made some allegation. The former uh, chief of army staff who died in a plane crash, Major General Tahir, also made the same allegation when he was making a presentation of a uh, given report as, uh, before the the Senate of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. And that was Dr. Getsu, a security analyst. And with that, we've come to the end of this episode of Nigeria Daily. To all the people whose voices we heard on the show, we want to say thank you. Nigeria Daily is a Daily Trust production. It is open for sponsorship and advert placement. You can download this and other episodes on dailytrust.com or on bossproud.com or even listen on Unity FM in Charles for the frequency 93.3. You can also listen by searching for Nigeria Daily on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and TuneIn Radio. If you have questions or comments, let us know on our social media handles on Twitter and Instagram at daily underscore trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. Call or send us a message on 091-389-33390. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Martilla Umar.